Hello and welcome to the Self-Improvement Book Club with Rachel. Today's book is Emotional Blackmail by Susan Forward, PhD. When people in your life use fear, obligation, and guilt to manipulate you. This book tries to draw on what can be very subtle in people's relationships In fact, you may have a seemingly good relationship, but buried within it are little pieces of emotional blackmail. Now, emotional blackmail is something that is used against someone else in order to control them or manipulate them. This is very different than setting personal boundaries because the intent of a personal boundary is to allow ourselves to be ourselves. So we're saying to someone else, I can't fully be who I am in this relationship if you don't abide by these boundaries. You make it clear the intent is to protect yourself, not to control another person. So that difference is very important to understand. What is the intent behind what the person is doing in the relationship? Is the intent to control the other person and make them behave how we want them to behave? Or is the intent to protect ourselves and allow ourselves to be who we are authentically? And I think that is a huge distinct difference between boundaries and emotional blackmail. For example, have you ever felt guilty after saying no to a friend, a partner, a family member? Did it come from you or was it something the other person said to make you feel guilty? Because sometimes we have our own self-induced guilt, like I should do this, I should do that, and those are our own internal shoulds or dialogues that guilt us. But if it's something that someone said to you to produce guilt, that is where emotional blackmail comes in. In fact, I bet every one of you have been a victim of emotional blackmail at some point in your life. At times it can be obvious, but other times it can be really subtle and hard to spot. One thing is for sure, usually after you're a victim of emotional blackmail, you don't feel so great. And in the book, the six deadly symptoms are demand, resistance, pressure, threat, compliance, and repeat. So if we look at those a little closer, the pattern starts with the demand. Somebody wants something from you, and it can either be a verbal demand, or it can be something that is shown in body language or nonverbal communication. Then comes resistance, and it is that feeling that you're really uncomfortable with what the person has asked of you, and you're unwilling to yield. You make it clear that the answer is no, or you don't want to do it. In a healthy relationship, that would usually be the end. Hey, You asked me to do something. I don't want to do it. I said no. All right, cool. Let's move on. But sometimes something else comes in, and that is the pressure. The other person is unable to accept your no and starts to keep going. 
they pressure you, they continue to urge you, they try to change your mind in so many different ways, they twist your words or they make you feel guilty, they use all sorts of tactics to try to manipulate you to change your mind. And the bottom line is that you start to cave if you play into this. You feel inadequate for saying no in the first place. Like, oh, maybe I should have said yes. What am I thinking? And then if you continue to stand your ground, then something else happens. A threat. And a threat is a consequence that they would give you if you don't say yes to what they wanted in the first place. So threats can be either direct or indirect, but they're really hard to miss. So now that you have the threat looming over you, resistance becomes nearly impossible. In fact, most people prefer being compliant over the fear of losing a relationship. And then when the blackmailer gets what they want, the next ingredient is to repeat the cycle. Hey, it worked, didn't it? And yes, this victory reinforces this harmful pattern. So again, the six deadly symptoms are demand, resist, pressure, threats, compliance, and repeat. There's four different faces of emotional blackmailer. And face number one is the punisher. This one is the most direct and obvious in its attempts to manipulate their victims. They will use anger and direct threats to try to wield power over the relationship. A direct threat could look like this. If you go out with your friends tonight, I won't be here when you get back. They're not afraid to tell you what they will or will not do if you don't comply. The strategy mostly plays on your fear. And some punishers are prone to giving their victims the silent treatment by withdrawing and sulking, making them feel guilty for the silence. Then there's the self-punishers. Rather than threaten consequences to others... Self-punishers manipulate by threatening to cause harm to themselves. So they might say something like, if you don't do the dishes, I'll become depressed, relapse, lose my job, or even at the worst, they may say they're going to attempt suicide. So the self-punishers operate within a pattern of crisis in which they present the explanation that you are responsible for the outcome of their well-being. So this is a very, very heavy in guilt. Self-punishers tend to be needy and they struggle to take responsibility for their own lives and often look for you to help out with regulating them. They play on your sense of responsibility by casting themselves as helpless and casting you as the savior in which you, if you meet their needs, they're able to be stable and okay. And this can be a bad cycle as well, where you're always stuck in the rescuer role and they're the victim. And this pattern can play out subtly in relationships or more pronounced. Another face of emotional blackmailer is the sufferer. 
Sufferers operate from the position that any negative experience they may be having, let's say they feel lonely, sick, depressed, unlucky, can be fixed only if you give them what they want. So that could be call me more often, give me financial assistance, or make sure you're checking on me daily and asking the right questions. Other times, sufferers demonstrate their displeasure through their body language or other forms of indirect communication, and others may complain openly about the circumstance. Sufferers often do not communicate directly what they want for us, but rather they assume that you can read their minds and they take it very personal when you're not able to be a mind reader. And the last face of an emotional blackmailer is the tantalizer. The manipulation style of the tantalizer is much, much more subtle than all the others. And it is that the tantalizer makes big promises such as, hey, I can get you more money. I can help you with your career advancement. We will have a perfect relationship. So it's a little like love bombing, right? They're telling you how great everything's going to be. But there's always a condition that needs to be met. And many times the tantalizers don't follow through on whatever they have promised if the other meets their demand. And here's an example. Your partner tells you that you are the ideal partner and he can't wait to settle down with you. But for now, let's take it slow. So you agree and you continue to treat the person with so much love and care. Finally, you ask if he plans to settle down soon. He snaps at you and says, did I agree to this relationship? You keep sticking to me like glue and the relationship is pointless. So he's told you, hey, you're the one. But then when you actually want to settle down, like he says, that's when the tantalizer will come back and, and say, what are you crazy? I never said that. So just remember the tantalizer loves to give out rewards and praises but they do this so they can get something from you each time, which is a form of manipulation. This may make you feel good about yourself at the time, and the possibility of getting a reward motivates you to comply with the wishes of the tantalizer, but in the end, look out for, did you actually get the thing? The answer is probably no. And of course, not all conflict in relationships is the case of emotional blackmail. If you want to know how you can tell, the key difference is whether your partner really wants to find a solution or whether he or she simply wants to win. People who actually actively attempt to resolve conflicts will speak openly about what they want while they take into consideration what their partner feels and desires. And they try to cooperatively find the source of tension so they can understand where they have contributed to it, not just the other person. If you find you're a victim of emotional blackmail, you should by no means become an enabler. This is where your part comes in. If you have been swayed by emotional blackmail in the past because we are all susceptible to emotional blackmail, though some of us more than others. 
It all comes down to a handful of traits that make certain people more vulnerable. These include the need for validation from others, difficulty with confrontation, low self-esteem, and a desire to save others. People with these traits are likely to prioritize their blackmailer's needs above their own. And this cycle is hard to break and it takes looking at their own personal boundaries and needs to start to hold strong to their nose and not enable the behavior. As said before, this emotional blackmail becomes a cycle. And when we give into it, we often feel ashamed as our integrity and self-worth has been compromised. Because of this, our resolve to resist the blackmail is even weaker the next time around. Hence the cycle, and it can repeat again and again, becoming harder and harder to get out of. Another sign of emotional blackmail is using emotions and feelings as their tools. So fear makes us think in black and white and brings us to our primal instincts. And if you're exposed to fear over and over again, then this becomes a developed condition response to the feeling. And it makes us even more vulnerable to emotional blackmail. Obligation is the second tool that relies on blurred lines of responsibility. It's often difficult to know where we draw the line in regards to what we owe each other. Blackmailers draw on feelings of obligation. Stress how much you owe them. This is where personal boundaries come in. The stronger they are, the more you can resist this obligation. And guilt. Guilt is a important part of what the blackmailer has against us. When we're faced with guilt, it helps to question, is this guilt deserved or undeserved? Undeserved guilt is intertwined with accusatory and unnecessary blame. Therefore, if we are better at detecting what is our guilt and what is their guilt that they're trying to put on us, then we can clearly say, this isn't mine please take it back. So how do we end the cycle? You must set boundaries and speak up. If you've realized that you have someone in your life that emotionally blackmails you, or maybe you've realized, hey, I have been someone that uses emotional blackmail. First off, know your boundaries and communicate these effectively. You don't need to attack the other person. Be understanding frank and calm. Express your regret that the person is upset. Tell that person you understand that they may feel this way. Let them know you respect their opinion, but you're going to have to agree to disagree and keep strong with your boundary. You can also be upfront that you won't be guilt tripped into anything and that it's not the end of the world if you want different things. These statements will prevent the fight from escalating if you stay firm with your priorities. And just remember, it takes time to undo these habits, patterns, and improve communication to set new, healthier boundaries in relationships. It may take time to also walk away from relationships if necessary. It depends on how much you and your partner are willing to work to make that change. I hope you've enjoyed this week's book club book of emotional blackmail and we hope to see you next week have a great day